This is the OXS Jamaica podcast, Reasonings with Odessa, episode 11. New style, new style, new flow, new Yo, Dave Kelly is back with Buju. Yo, that's my song, Trust, guys. Go and stream that song, buy it, download it. Big up Buju Banton, two album deal with Rock Nation. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about more about music. The Grammy nominations are in, and since this podcast is basically, you know, we're all about the diaspora, Jamaican, Caribbean, African. I'm going to just be concentrating on the reggae Grammys. And I first want to start with the world music Grammys nomination. You know what? I don't really care about anybody else that's nominated apart from two people. And you know what? And that's Angelique Joe with Celia and Bernard with his great album, The African Giant. And I really want Boy to win because I haven't actually listened to Angelique Joe's album. But I love her and I love Bernard. So congratulations, guys. The others, if you want to know what they are, you need to just go on to Billboard or go on to the Grammys and check that out. Now, let's go into the nominations for the reggae album category. It's Rapture by Coffee, As I Am by Julian Marley, The Final Battle with Sly and Robbie versus Roots Radix by Sly and Robbie and Roots Radix. Mass man- Manipulation by Steel Pulse and more work to be done by Third World. Now, there's a lot of talk about Coffee's Rapture Project shouldn't be nominated as it's not an album, it's an EP. Hmm. So isn't an EP like a short firm of, of an album? Because there's people like complaining that it shouldn't be nominated. But anyway, let me just squash this by checking out something. So, the Academy technically does not recognise EPs. It's either an album or it's not. Determined on how many minutes or how many tracks are on the album, it makes it an album. The remixes are a separate category. So, how long does an album have to be to be nominated for a Grammy? For purposes of eligibility, the Academy defines an album as having five different tracks and having a total of playing no less than 15 minutes. All right, guys? So there you have it. Coffee's album, Rapture, is eligible. No argument, it done Dessa. All right, guys, let's get into it. I'm talking to David Mullings, a man that I've known for a long time from his Caribbean music platform, realvibes.net, to now running an investment company. We're going to learn a lot about this man. He's going to teach us a lot. He's even going to talk about his mentor, who is one of the richest men in the world. So let's get into it with David Mullings. All right, so it's Reasonings with me, Odessa, and I'm sitting down in front of a brother that I've known for a long time, 
But I want you guys to really know who he is. This man is a Jamaican who's moved from the entertainment industry into the investment business with his company called Blue Mahole Capitals. Now, there's a lot of secrets that he might pop out and tell me a little later on from now, but because, you know, I've got him liquored up, everybody. He's drinking white rum and ting. Thank you very much, Ray and Nephew, for, for our drinky poos. Walk one, David. What's your man knock it back now? Big up, big up. <laughs> hey, it tastes good, man. It tastes good. How are you doing, babes? I am doing great. Happy to be in Jamaica for the last few weeks. I'm, I'm, it's so good to see you. I know. I'm feeling I, good. I see at Craigie T's um, event that he had yeah, downtown. Man. And then I see you somewhere else. I don't even remember when we see you, but it's nice to see you. Yeah, man. Nice to be what in it, Jamaica. What's it like being back home? Because you live in Florida. Even though you're a Jamaican, you're one of those still very much proud Jamaicans that live abroad. What is it like when you come home? What's the first go-to thing that you go and get when you come? I, I stop at Tasty Patties on the mm-hmm. way from the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need a patty and a cocoa bread. That's that's a, a given for me. And then I love picking up some some nice spice bun, round bun. I'll have a supplement. I'll have those for a few days. But no, it's, for me, it's great. I get to see a lot of people that, that I stay in touch with. I'm not one of those people that left and then never stayed in touch with classmates from prep school, from high school. I have college friends who are back now in Jamaica. So I love, you know, you step into Pepper Seed on a Wednesday night and yeah. you make sure everybody's similar there after hail up of various people, whether it's a, a DJ Narity or Richie Rass, all of these guys, yeah. Sanjay especially. But I love that. It feels like like home is a, is a welcome home party. I'm lucky though. I'm, I'm in Jamaica every month for one week. Wicked. So I, I they actually think I still live here. A lot of people seem to think... <laughs> That I live here, which which I like that. It means that I have not moved and just left and gone. Right. I think some of us have, have left Jamaica and we never look back. Yeah, and yeah, that, that needs to it's change. Florida is like what they call it, Kingston. Kingston 21. Yeah, Pembroke Kingston Pines, Miramar, Kingston 21. Oh, one, 10 minute flight. Super cheap. So it's easy for me to be here as well. Well, it's important to me. My, my uncle is still here. My in-laws still live here mm-hmm. as well. So I get to spend time with family. It's not just business. Okay. All right. So listen, now I was saying, I want people to understand your origins when I say entertainment music, entertainment business, because I know you from Real Vibes. Yes. I also was introduced to you through our, our dear friend Ingrid Riley as well. But tell us about what made you get into Real Vibes and what Real Vibes is. Because remember, we have people that are non-Jamaicans <laughs> listening and we are educated. Yeah, and, and we have people, Jamaicans born pretty much after Real Vibes. Yeah, we have some young'uns <laughs> here. We have a young'un sitting right yes. over there that yeah, probably won't even know what, what Real Vibes yeah, is. Yeah, it's scary to think about <laughs> it. No, so, so when I was 15, I finished fifth form in Jamaica. And dad at asked where? me At, at Campion College. All right. right. Finished fifth form. <laughs> dad asked me what I want to be when I grow up. And I said I want to be a, a role model for positive role model for young people around the world and especially young males in Jamaica. That's good. And that is like, how are you going to do that? You know, you must have a plan. That's not the answer I expected. I was expecting doctor, lawyer yeah. or something. And he's a doctor. I was like, well, so number one, I could actually start lecturing at university just like that. He said, I'm flattered, but those aren't the people that actually need a positive role model. It's the ones who drop out of high school. Mm. So that's to the side. Number two was that I could become a politician and become prime minister of Jamaica mm-hmm. and be a different kind of politician mm-hmm. and change some laws. And dad said, well, you know, that might actually be possible, but with the way that we raise it, the morals, values, and ethics, you're probably not going to get in a position of power to change the laws. And you might get a shot. So that's just <laughs> off the table. <laughs> and you have to promise you don't do that until we are no longer here. Yeah. So the last two were football or owning my own company and being able to do film and music because I felt that was important to influence people. 
those weren't mutually exclusive. So worked on the two of them. And my brother and I launched a company February 2002, coming out of our first MBA class. I started my MBA at the age of 20 at University of Miami. And we had to do an entrepreneurship class. And we pitched this company that was built around media. We pivoted to focus on Caribbean content. So mm -hmm. music videos especially. Sean Paul was blowing up. Beating Man. And we'd have to wait until it got onto 106 on Park and BT to see it. So we built a website called realvibes.net. And when we came up with the name, I showed Dad. We had to do a pitch every summer, every Christmas for them to invest 10,000 US dollars in. <laughs> Mama and Dad. And I said no every year from us 15 until 20. Real Vibes, I said yes to. Showed him the six pillars we wanted to build a company on. And Daddy's like, why so random? I said, Dad is not random. Let's look at Viacom. You look at MTV mm -hmm. Networks and Virgin. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. I was like, good. That's the name of the company. Random Media LLC we registered in Florida. And then we said, we need a name for the website. And Dad said, boy, I don't know what you're going to call it. Tonight, but every time you go to parties, you guys are on top of the speaker box. And all I know, you're <laughs> the real vibes. That was it. So we oh, named it Real nice. Vibes. Net, my brother and I, we had to teach ourselves how to code HTML, teach ourselves Photoshop, wow. had to teach ourselves how to edit videos. So the first videos were 56K, 128K, mm -hmm. and 300 kilobits, you know, per second. At, at that so. time, we had you guys out. We had quizzes, website Yeah, quiz with what what at com. Yeah, so it was a party, Inc. was there, yeah. Cyber Jam. And so we were the only ones that were doing the video side, right? right. You got to the parties, but... Come to our website to watch the music videos. videos. Right. And we created Studio Vibes where we'd be in studio, mainly shot at, at Vendetta Studio, Donovan. Mm -hmm. yeah, Don Vendetta. Big up, Don. Big up, big up. And so that's where we got to meet like Vibes Cartel. We were hanging out with TOK, Assassin, Wayne Marshall. We sponsored the RETV high school tour that was mm -hmm. focused on HIV, AIDS awareness. So we got close to Cesar and Tammy Chin and Elaine. And that is really what taught me about the power of our music to influence people. Going to those 10 high schools not just going to Andrews, but going down Country. to Tivoli. And I mean, we went so many places mm -hmm. and I loved seeing how our people, people that sometimes uptown people look down on, mm -hmm. but they were the role models and they were able to carry but they're a the, positive they're the message. Essence, but they're the essence of the entertainment music, entertainment yeah. industry, music in general, yeah. reggae music, dancehall, it's the heartbeat, is yeah. the people in from the country and the ghetto. Exactly. And, and so this is the music of of people who are not getting their voices heard. So, so it reminded me of hip-hop. And then being mm -hmm. based in Miami, we ended up working with a friend of mine, DJ GQ, went mm -hmm. to high school with me and then had gone to the same college, Broad Community College, before I went to University of Miami. Carried us down to Telemundo's station. They have Mundos down there and they were doing this show called The Roof. Right. Fridays was Reggae right. Fridays. And after, they did the videos online right now on YouTube with me <laughs> dancing and showing them. So we'd show them the latest dances. And every Friday we'd show up and help them to bring different artists, show the latest dances from Jamaica. And it was aired in 14 countries. And it was mainly in Spanish, but it was fun to see reggaeton and meet Evie Queen and Don Omar oh and Tego Calderon. We had a real vibe Civic. We had a little hatchback Civic 96, rims, exhaust, turbo, the works that my brother built, Robert. And we got it sponsored by a car company. And we got into it, met John Singleton. Wow. One day. And so he invited us to put the car in the Too Fast, Too Fierce movie that was being shot in Miami. And then they said, we have to take off the branding of the car. And we're like, but that don't make sense. That's the yeah, point of the car. Exactly. So, well, you can't get it in the movie. Yeah. 
I said, well, if the car can't be in the movie, Sorry. there's no way you can shoot a film in Miami. I know I'm Jamaicans in there. Exactly. So we got to be in the opening scene of Too Fast, Too Furious with Ludacris and I need and to go Paul and look Walker. for that, guys. Yeah, you man, I'm in a red and white up. shirt with a black cap. All right, we're going to look out for David. Wild, wild, wild. So, so it, we have always been around and we co-hosted a show called Real Vibes on Flavor 101.1, an underground station in Miami. With Walsh Fire, we're going out with Black Chiny. This is Super Dope, so Willie Chin and Bobby Chin sponsoring stages in Miami and ATI Weekend down there. So big up Absolute Entertainment. Right. It was sponsored Sumfest. We were Sumfest's digital partner. We right. got to do some amazing content there. We went to, man, the most funny one was actually going to Bahamas at Tony Matter. My I go goodness. Did to Bahamas with you guys? Was that? Madness. No, that no, wasn't. It was that Elephant Man. It was yeah, another man. thing. It was Alien something. But is yeah, that was that that was a trip. We went on tour with Sean Paul. This is up and down the East Coast. My brother did Vegas and LA. Another time I was in Vegas with Sean and we they got to love your video. I I helped I coordinated the, the crowd waving these lit things. No, he's like yeah, man. Steve Wilson was like, David, you have to go downstairs. That, isn't that in this desert or? Well, no. So that, that was wasn't... in the desert. Was was not temperature. Was his other song. We be burning was in it. That was, was in it. it. Yeah. Right now, got to love you with Alexis Jordan okay. was a later one shot at the bank at the Bellagio. Got to love you. Yes, that song. And it was man, we we've had so much fun going on tour with these guys with TOK and getting to know our our Jamaican artists and seeing the impact, literal impact they've had globally. So, so you are really entrenched into the entertainment scene from the yeah, production standpoint. Yeah. From the real production like myself. Yep. So. Seeing them in studio. We we were the only ones with that camera when Elephant Man was writing Ponder Upon the Back. Right. We have the entire behind the scenes. And of we that. shot the video. Yeah. And you shot the video. <laughs> we Gil shot the Green. first video. Well, we shot the first yeah. video. The first video. I mean, when it, and, when, and that's how we got to know Gil Green and with Bujo and Seth in Miami. Almost every every video Bujo shot though. That that Gil shot in Miami, we got to be part of that and shoot the behind the scenes. So, so tell me, how did you transition from yep. entertainment production scene <laughs> into what was it you did before you got into investment? What was it we had this conversation before? So I was doing digital marketing. Right. And then we transitioned into private equity. Then I worked at a hedge fund. Right. And now we've done our own private investment. For so we were having a conversation about hedge funds. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very big fan of billions. Yes. And I asked you, <laughs> is it really like that, David? So I want people to really know, is it really, really like that, being in a hedge fund? A lot of it is very similar, yes. The pressure that they're under, the way you're thinking about deals, it is definitely... A lot like that, unfortunately. Hey. Yes. Yes. So you're the one Jamaican, you never cost a little bomba, not, not like that when you was inside the hedge fund or you were just being decent. No, I, no I'm always decent. I don't want them to see that, <laughs> that they expect of Jamaicans, right? I you need don't want to... the ratchet side of Jamaicans. No, that's the only point I got to the parties. <laughs> yeah, you save that for the party. If they came with me to a party, they would have seen that, but so otherwise, my, so, no. so after that, you went into marketing and then from marketing investment hedge funds and now you're you have your own investment company yes. and tell so tell me a little bit about the, the investment company and then we're going to talk a bit about why is it important for jamaicans yes to get to know this side of the business to understand finances and financial because i don't think caribbean i shouldn't even say jamaican i don't think caribbean people really are that invested as they really That's should true. be very so true. let's tell us about your company first. So, so Bloomahoe Capital Partners was founded because a number of years ago, Jamaica Stock Exchange asked me to actually speak. 
at their mm-hmm. annual conference. And they asked me to talk about how do you get Jamaicans in the diaspora to invest back into Jamaica. At the time, I was serving on the Diaspora Advisory Board as the first future leaders representative representing Jamaicans on the age of 35 in the U.S. And I said, well, it's, it's five things. You know, number one, we don't trust the government, so it has to be done by a private entity, not the government. We're Jamaican, not, don't Yeah, no. we don't trust government. I don't care which P in power. We don't, <laughs> we don't care trust if it's them. what P, C, D, no. None. So, so number two was that it had to be run by a Jamaican in the diaspora who had finance experience, but go. it went down to Jamaica more often than the people in the diaspora. Mm-hmm. So we have to know who to deal with and who not to deal with mm-hmm. and what really going on. Number three was that you had to have a partner on the ground, a financial institution that the diaspora actually knew and trusted. People want to make sure you're not running off on TV for money. Mm-hmm. The fourth one, though, that I felt was really important was that it had to be done under U.S. securities law. We, whether or not in the U.K., U.S., or Canada, they used to buy in Facebook stock or Apple or so on. So they trust our securities law. If it's registered on a Jamaica, our court system takes too long. Everything oh, we know that, Lord. so we know that it's not that we don't trust it from a corrupt standpoint. It's it not corrupt, but why it just take long? long. Yeah. We're not, you know the Caribbean people time thing. And then finally, it had to be publicly traded. The reason it had to be public is that the way investments tend to work, most people don't hear these terms, is accredited investor. So people don't even know what credited means. Don't people know, don't know yeah. what a broker does. People don't oh, even know gosh, what an yeah, IPO man. is. So, so usually we hear about, oh yeah, man, this venture capital firm invests in Facebook early and make a bag of money and only rich people can invest. So the SEC, Jamaica has a FSC, accredited investors mean something. So in the US, roughly 220,000 US dollars per year for the last two years is what you earned single or 230,000 filed jointly, right? So you file your taxes. Or you have a million-dollar net worth not including your primary residence. They don't include your primary residence. You have to sell it if you need the money, that, so it don't count. Those are the people who can invest in hedge funds, venture capital funds, private equity funds, and make all that money. So we needed something that regular people could invest in. As much as you think us in the diaspora are rich because we move Ghana foreign, mm-hmm. boy, we are struggling too, you know. Mm-hmm. Most of us just middle class, hand to mouth, mm-hmm. trying to save some money. So that means that we had to, it means we had to actually either do an exchange traded fund, a mutual fund, or take the company itself public and it would invest back into the Caribbean. So I wasn't planning to launch it though. I was just telling these guys what to do. And a year ago, a year and a half ago, while I was working with a hedge fund, one of the investment guys here in Jamaica was like, Mullins, why, why never launch the thing you pitched to us? It's like, I wasn't pitching you. I was telling you guys to launch it. Oh, well, you should launch that, you know. And that's how it started developing. And I spoke with Michael Leachin, who is a mentor of mine. And so Mike was saying, you need to 100x anything you're thinking. You should go no, ahead. Let, hold on. People that don't know who Michael Leachin is. Is Michael Leachin the richest man in Jamaica? So that, well, so he would say one he's One off? No, definitely one off. So he's one, he's one of only 15 black billionaires in the whole world. Right. So that gives you an idea of of how wealthy Mike is. He's on the Forbes list and Mike is above two and a half So guys, billion. Google. And he's yeah, really, man. really, 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 really down to earth. Super down to earth. People <laughs> would be surprised how down to earth Very he is. down to earth. So, so Mike I've known now for almost seven years and has been mentored me, especially for the last two years. This year was intense. And he was like, you have to launch it. This makes sense. You need to do it in the US and allow Jamaicans to invest back into our stock market down there because it's the best performing market for the last year, the best performing stock um, market. Um, well, I learned five that years. Our, man, our, mar- our merchandising and our distribution is up 
what, 512%? Things are up. It's insane. It, it right. is, and, and it's so funny that, yes, we're not seeing the growth in Jamaica, we want to see. It's still better than what we've seen for the last 20 years. It's grown, yeah. But, man, if, if the stock market can do this well when growth struggling, what happened, when we actually get rid of some of these issues that we have, man, we can really scale this company So and this country. But, so that's the idea behind Blue Mountain Capital wants to allow regular people, retail investors, get access to the same wealth creation and wealth preservation opportunities that the wealthiest people have access to. And we would start with giving them exposure to Jamaica and Jamaican companies. So exactly what I was, what my point is, why, how are you going to go about and do that? Because, you know, African families grow up and they teach you about wealth. They teach you about that. Indian families or Asian Mm -hmm. families do the same thing. The Jews do the same thing. What is our issue with Caribbean people and how are you going to, what is you, what, yeah, what, is the, right. what are you exactly going to do to make so, this happen? So that's part of the reason that we're doing these videos. We started with some videos. We started with Mike first, leeching, mm-hmm. and we talked about wealth creation in his video, and we gave his five steps. We're going to be repeating those over and over. We have more videos to come out. So the idea is not just to simply say, hey, you should buy this stock. We also want to say, here are the companies we are investing in. Here's why. Here are the industries we're investing in. Here's why. Here's mm-hmm. the information you should be passing on to your children. The Rockefeller started at six years old. Mm-hmm. Here's what they were doing at six years old. Mm-hmm. Because I get to sit in the room with these wealthy white Americans mm-hmm. that tell me these things. I will then pass it on. I mm-hmm. think that there are a few wealthy black people who have gotten access to this information. And they don't share it. Unless you're in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> in America, they're not shared. So I, yeah. I get to sit in this room as a member of a family office association. I get to sit meet some really interesting families, and I want to pass on how do we create generational wealth. I think it really comes down to lack of financial education. If your parents don't know how they're going to teach you. Exactly. If school is not teaching you, most schools don't teach us how mm-hmm. to create wealth. They want us to grow up to be a cog in a wheel and go work in somebody nine to five. Mm-hmm. So we want to change that. We definitely are going to use Blue Moho Capital or YouTube And that's for channel. Jamaica and the diaspora because yeah. we had a conversation. It was a video my girlfriend sent in our girlfriend's group from this British guy who's a former or whatever roadman. For those that don't know what roadman is, streetman. And he was complaining that the Windrush generation are to blame. And I'm like, no, they're not to blame because they weren't coming to England for no more than five years. So how can they be there to blame? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All they can mm-hmm. do is buy a house and teach their kids how to invest. And, you know, so how are you going to like educate even those that are in the UK, those that are in America and those in Canada, all our diasporas where, where right. Jamaicans and Caribbean people are. So, so I think you have to meet people where they are. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's three things you do. One, you have to actually go to them in person. So we need to do information sessions that help teach you about investments. Investment 101. Mm-hmm. So most people don't even know what is a stock. No. How do I buy shares? How do I open a brokerage account? How do I decide what, what, what to IPO? invest in? What is an IPO? Yeah. So that needs to change. And so you can do it in person. That's one. Number two is that we can use technology to our advantage. So this is where Instagram and Facebook and YouTube are going to come in. And we, this podcast. And the podcast. We've got reasons, <laughs> man. So we have, to, we have to leverage technology right, right. to our advantage. And then the third one, in my, in my opinion, is that as much as we, we will joke that black people don't like read, it's, it's books. We definitely need to write some of this stuff down. And it's not the kind of book that just tell you, here's a grand idea, here's my life story. No, no, workbook style. Like, mm-hmm. step one, do this. Mm-hmm. Step two, do this. Mm-hmm. And why? Not just tell people what to do, but give them the background information of why they need to actually do it. And here's how this can change your child and your grandchild's life. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that we want to do. It's not just about creating wealth 
for myself or for my family. I want to share it with as many people as possible that look like me because that's the only way we're going to uplift us as a group of black people and from a region that tends to be overlooked despite the riches here. All right. I like that. I, I really, really like that. So like, we're going to go a bit further back. Yes. And I want to kind of just throw some fun questions in that just pop up on me and I, and you have to answer. So the first one is Renaissance or Copper Shot? Copper Shot. Why? Because I went to high school with him. Oh, God. <laughs> Big up, Sean. <laughs> Big up, Matthew. All right. Stone Love versus... What's the other... What's the, oh, Jesus Christ, I've just forgotten it. It's gone. I'm going to go... We're going to cut this, though. Yeah, man. It's, 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 what's the name of the sound system that was on the top of my tongue? All right, Stone Love versus Jack Scorpio's Scorpio sound. Ooh. So my brain says Stone Love. And it's just because I was at the, the coyote thing the other day with Radigan, and I just like how Stone Love did go on. Yeah, Rory was bad. Yeah, Rory was wicked still. All right. That's a tough one. Huh? That's a tough one. Have you been to Black Scorpio dances? Yeah, yeah, one. What's, what is your favorite? Have you ever been to a sound clash? Have you ever been to a sound clash? Yeah, man. Big up Irish and Chin. What the sound clash was that and who was playing? I can't remember. Mighty Crowd. <laughs> no. That's all I'm going to say. Jesus. <laughs> when it's the Japanese people, love of all music like that, man, and the way they talk. I was like, man, you can't tell me that Jamaica is not the but greatest you know that nation. I don't know actually Japanese. What are they? They're Chinese. They're oh, I never know that. Yeah. Just, Fun ja- fact. Right. <laughs> Mighty Crowd is not Japanese. Their families are Chinese and they moved to Japan. Wow. Bing, bing. Right, <laughs> Jeopardy. Never know that. But big up to Simon and Sammy T. Anyway. Yeah, man. So you know, so what is it about dancehall? What's like? I want. I ask normally everybody this question. Describe dancehall in three words. What does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? So dancehall for me is is voice of people. Since it's a three words. Mm-hmm. I, just say vo- I would know it's a voice of the but people. But how does it make you feel? Oh, it, it makes me... Because you are from the generation of dancehall. Yeah, man. No, so... I would say <laughs> dancehall makes me feel vibes. It, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel proud. Because these are not people that I would normally meet at school. Yeah. It's not people I would encounter as, as this uptown kid that grew up in Kingston 6. But it, when you listen to... Bounty killers look into my eyes. It allowed me to literally understand where they are coming from. When I get to sit down with the elephant man and talk to him about his experience growing up in Seaview Gardens, it's something I could not even relate to. This is something I'd have to watch in a movie. And to think that this is a few miles removed from, from where I am, is better than any book. It's better than any documentary. Well, not a few miles. Like every uptown in Kingston... There is a ghetto around right, the hey, corner. Standpipe is right by me. I, used to have, <laughs> I walked home from school and walked past Standpipe. I played football for Real Mona in the National League, the second division in Jamaica, and under 20. And I would carry some of our players and drop them back off after training at Standpipe. And I couldn't believe that less than a mile from their spot it's is my house. And right. I'm just like, how, how does this work? <laughs> Literally, my brain was hurting. So... So dancer for me means a lot. It, it is my way of understanding Jamaica. Grammys. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's True. just go into the Grammys because we have people who are nominated. And um, I want you to tell me who do you think 
will win that Grammy. We have Coffee, Julian Marley, Sly and Robbie, and Roots Radix, Steel Pulse, and Third World. Right. So while I think that Coffee certainly has done amazing with her song, one song in particular I think we're all focused on, Toast, I personally think Third World is actually the, the front runner in my case. I think they will win. Not necessarily because we know their album, but I think they're so established. They've been around for so long for them to still be producing at such a high level and touring. Mm -hmm. Consistently touring. The voters know the name Third World. So you have name ID. They can remember the older songs. They're listening and saying, man, this is decent. They're still around. Wow. I think that's going to be more important. You don't think because Damien is producing it and everybody has this thing that... The Marley, the Marley, the Marley, yeah. But they produce consistently and they, they give them they, they're consistent and yeah, they're, they're great consistent. at what they do. They're consistent. They give credit where credit mm-hmm. is due. So I, so I don't, I think that will influence as well. But even if Damien didn't produce it, I think that Third World would be in the front runner for me from a name ID standpoint and just being around for this long mm-hmm. and still putting out quality music. And that is something I don't think enough of today's artists are thinking about. They're too focused on right now. Versus, I want longevity. Let me look at a Bob Marley, a Third World, an Inner Circle, a Jimmy Cliff, Budge Banton. I mean, we have some amazing Peter Tash, Bonnie Wheeler. There's music I still play today. When I was in Germany last year for three months, man, when I go in the clubs and they play reggae music, it's, it's, it's other than Chronics and Protégé from today, it's pure older stuff. That's nice. It's like wicked. That's wicked. Nice. That's what we need more to be produced. So I hope the Grammys pick stuff along those lines to remind our artists up today that this is the kind of stuff the world actually wants. Jamaica is good. Make some stuff for the world, though. Talk to me about your... I see something here, like there is... I'm, I'm just kind of reading Dr. Nigel Clark. Oh, his quote on Bloomberg. Right. He was on, T- on Bloomberg earlier this year. I think it was April that he actually spoke. And he pointed out Jamaica's emerging out. Yeah, man, Jamaica, turn up now, you know, it's been, we, we have economic growth that is 10 times that we've had in the past, which is, it's kind of crazy to think, because we still don't even surpass 2%, but for those who don't understand or haven't been paying attention, Jamaica was a country that we, we're considered middle income, we're not mm-hmm. poor, we're not rich, but at the same time, we had a debt to GDP ratio of 147%, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty high, right, so at one point, for every dollar that we took in in our budget, What's poppin', guys? It's JG here from Blowing Smoke. If you're a fan of fun, insightful, and breakthrough conversations, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the Blowing Smoke podcast, a show that covers life experiences and firsthand testimonies from some of the biggest names in your favorite industries. And all that brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. For taxes, we had to pay out 55 cents just to pay debt and then pay principal. We just did not have money left over for education, healthcare, security, infrastructure. And I think so I, on. Do you think our, what can be the healthcare? I think can it's still in a sham. Yeah, but no, always room for improvement. There's no question. My dad was a doctor. He taught at UWE and worked at, at University Hospital West Indies for. We're just talking about it. Dad was there since 1981, so 38 years. Wow. So there's no question. There's room for improvement. There's always room for improvement, but we have had some improvement. But the more that we free up. The debt is the more that we have to actually spend on these things. Yeah. So we've gone from 147% to 97%, going down to 93%. And in three years, we're going to be at 60% debt to GDP ratio. This is at the same time as Greece went to the IMF and got to their deal. Greece can't even talk to us. We are the ones everybody are looking for. Right this is now. a case study. Right, right now. Right, right now. 
how did Jamaica do this, right? This is the Financial Times. Bloomberg is writing this. The Miami Herald. Everybody is blown away by how did Jamaica turn around without having a default. We didn't default on people's money. We structured a deal. If you're an outside investor, you didn't lose a cent, right? The internal people had to stretch out their money, but we have gone from 147 to 93 and heading down to 60. That's how, great. How do you feel about the Chinese moving into Jamaica? So for me, we have to... Foreign direct investment is important. No, no country is going to grow without having foreign direct investment. China is less than 2% of Jamaica's foreign debt. So most of us see all these Chinese. Well, it's only 2% of all the money that we're getting okay, come from okay. China. We still get more money from the United States. Mm -hmm. So the key thing is, though, China is lending us money at much lower rates than we typically would get. So that's helping us build infrastructure that we didn't have, and we need it. The, the Chinese, however, bring a different work ethic than the Jamaican workman. And that's actually good. We but, need... But they're, they're good, but they actually are still known for doing things very cheaply. No, I don't. Well, hey, China so never... even though Jamaicans yeah. will take longer... Right. Better versus... There's, better. There's a, so if, if we can do it faster, <laughs> but better, it's going to be important. Right. So I, I think it's good to see a different work ethic. We want mm. to make sure the quality is up to standard. Because we, we have hurricanes. We kind of need to worry we about that. We have hurricanes, but we still can. A wooden house can still stand up stronger than in the grill than a house in in Florida. Go figure. Hey, Florida. <laughs> hey, I see them things build up in Florida so quick, and it's like, it's like a um, flat pack house. So wait, the second floor is all wood. Because <laughs> me used to concrete, block, steel, cement, wooden, what? wooden panel. Yeah, what, what you have built over here, so so. We have some issues. Thankfully, I live in Orlando, the middle of the state, yeah. right by Disney. <laughs> right. So I don't really worry about hurricanes. I turn the sound by that time. When I was in Miami and Pembroke Pines, that was a different was story. I, I would be, oh man, rough. rough so you rough, don't rough. think the Chinese are coming in to take over? So I, I don't think that they're coming in to take over because I think in the past, if you look at Chinese history, this is a resurgence of China. China traditionally was much, much richer and much larger from an empire standpoint. But they weren't trying to conquer people. They did the Silk Road. They traded with everybody. They traded with Africa. They didn't try to conquer Africa and but take over But they're trying anything. to do that now, though. So, well, so they're trying to get control of some strategic ports. I wouldn't say they're trying to conquer Africa. If you look at colonial history and what, what is the Germans or the Dutch or the Spanish, the Portuguese, Americans, I think they have traditionally tried to interfere in the political system. But China, malaria ran them out. China don't interfere. The malaria ran them out for the mosquitoes. The malaria ran them out. <laughs> You that, that, that so would you be a don't problem. really think the Chinese are not taking over? Probably. I don't think the Chinese are here to take over because they believe in non-intervention. They don't want us to interfere in their internal politics. They're mm -hmm. not going to interfere in our internal politics. We need to be smart about taking loans. We've seen whether it's a Djibouti or some of these countries mm -hmm. that, my gosh, man, they take so much loans, put the port as collateral, can't pay the loan, and then guess what? They lose the port. Jamaica definitely can't afford to lose none of our ports, especially... Kingston Harbour, we have the seventh, la seventh largest naturally protected mm -hmm. harbour in the world. We mm -hmm. rival Singapore for that. So we can't afford to give that up. But a simple example that, that China is looking at, this is a project in Clarendon, I believe. So Jamaica's never had an aluminum smelter, right? Bauxite is one of our largest earners right. of foreign exchange. So we're digging up red dirt and we're selling aluminum. Mm -hmm. And then we have to import the finished aluminum cans. Right. Uh, Doesn't make any sense. To then sell Coca-Cola, which is crazy. <laughs> But then you couldn't have a smelter because our electricity cost was too expensive. I mean, you're talking about 37 cents per kilowatt hour. I pay like 10 cents in Florida. This is insane. Well, the Chinese are building their own plant so they can do their own power cheaper. So that's number one. And then they're building a light manufacturing city. So they're going to be able to dig up the bauxite, turn it into aluminum, turn it into aluminum, and then build finished products right there. 60,000 jobs. 
They're going to partner with universities to train those people, Jamaicans, mm -hmm. to have the skills to work in that light manufacturing city. To me, that's a good thing. America's never done that ever. The UK, mm -hmm. Canada, they've never set up and say, hey, we're going to help you make finished products in your country so you can export something that earns foreign exchange. I will at least give the Chinese a shot. Right. We did it with England for decades, yeah. centuries. We give them a shot, and if they, they don't, got us, yeah, man, give them a shot. And then if they don't, Jamaicans. Right. Just shot make them. sure we're not risking key assets. Though. <laughs> you don't know yeah. what I said. What you say about them? And if not, the Jamaicans will shot them. We shot them. We shot. <laughs> we shot them out. They will never come back. We will shot them out. Yeah, man, we, you can't come on. Nobody not going to come and try to take anything from us again. We no. we've had so much. Taking from us over the years. It's not going to happen again. So where do you see Jamaica in the next five years? And where do you see your company in the next five years? I know you can't give away what's going to happen pretty it's soon. It's you, Anessa. It's you. So, you can talk about something. All right. Give it give it to me then. All right. So so in our case, we, we, we are attempting to launch the first exchange-traded fund that has exposure to Jamaican stocks, right? Bloomberg keeps saying, none, nobody have exposure. So we want that. I wanted to use a child trouble account to go on your Robinhood app. And you can buy the exchange-traded fund that we set up. And then we're going to be doing some more deals down here that are more on the private equity side. We can invest in earlier-stage companies. That's something that is missing in the ecosystem here in the Caribbean. You have an idea or you have an early-stage business, we can stroke that check, not more than a 20% stake. And we're doing it through an impact investing fund. We have a number of athletes on board helping us with it. They've committed some money. Simple. No, not, not, not even Jamaican <laughs> athletes, actually. It's American NBA uh, players. Hello, Usain. He's hey, investing we, now. Like, come and talk to I David. I can't say anything about Usain. Yo, we, we're not Ugo. on the podcast. Yes, far, yes, far yes. Far no, Ugo, David, David. What, what, what? Hey, we're, we're calling you. All I'm going to say is that Usain, we, we're talking to Gina. That's all I'm going to say. In oh, no I know way. Gina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Gina. <laughs> no, nothing, no comments. No more comments. But, but that is the idea. We do want to, to invest in people in the Caribbean so we can now earn foreign exchange. We, right. You know, I, I got an interesting stat that is really scary. The Planning Institute of Jamaica, PIOJ, mm -hmm. has stats that show that Jamaica, for importing versus exporting technology, is 65 to 1. For every $1 of technology we export to earn US dollars, one, we're importing $65 of technology. Yeah. We are a massive consumer of technology. However, if you think of Jamaica as, as an R&D hub, we have the same problem as most developing countries have, especially sub-Saharan Africa, Ghana, so on. If you could create software to solve some of our own problems here, it means we could go to Colombia that has two cities larger than the entire population of Jamaica each. Right? We could go to Ghana, 30 million, and Nigeria, and mm -hmm. Kenya. Why, why are we not looking? Ethiopia? Mm -hmm. Really? Reggae music and dancehall done, make the bridge. We need to create stuff here because we can't depend we on America. We have to do trade in Africa. We're, no, there's no... We it's have in, to. This it's is, in, it's in, a motherland. And, so the, and South, South America. Come it's, on. Come this on, is, this is like, a given. So we need to be creating more services here, more solutions that are priced properly for us, right? We can't depend on America to solve problems no. for developing countries. It don't work. We can't depend on Indians halfway around the world to solve our problems either. By flight, Africa is only six hours away. And right here, man. So, and, and <laughs> as I said, we, we already have built a bridge. They know Jamaica. This is not some other country. They don't know us. We, we're big. We're large. We're little, but we're taller. We have influenced them. Like, and literally. From you see music. it in their music right, right. now. So... That is what I want to say. Well, so that's I should where... say we influence them because they are us. So yeah, they are us. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can take it down like a matrix, rabbit hole or something. But, so that is where I 
so the company going in the next five years we will eventually create a fund that can also invest in sub-saharan africa there's no question about that in terms of where jamaica goes in the next five years i definitely think that we're going to see a reformed education system mm-hmm. if you look at every single developing country that's done well india singapore. china south korea singapore mm-hmm. vietnam costa rica they invested in education first right we have to improve our human capital they need to be more productive and then we can attract foreign direct investors, but we have local investment money in Jamaica. All other English-speaking countries can't believe how nice our stock market is, how liquid it is. We have a junior stock market that allows you to IPO your company and raise additional capital to scale. So I think we're going to see a micro exchange that shows up to raise less money than that. I know they're working on that one as well. We're going to definitely have an active venture capital community. So true early stage, boy, I have this idea, pitch, win a money, start and start growing. And I'd love to see an improved transport system. Oh, I, I don't think rail going to come back in time, but man, oh, we need to start this out. Because we lose so have much you, productivity. Have, you, tra- taken, have you taken the train, the railway? I took the last railway. I took the last train. And that was like years ago from years Kingston ago. to Montego Bay. I mean, it took us yeah, the right. same journey from London to Kingston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so fascinating. Oh, it was. It I, was I so grew up. So I grew up taking the train. My dad's mom, grandma is from Montego Bay. Right. So I would take the train from Kingston. They would mm-hmm. take. They would send us from town all the way all to, all to Montego Bay. In, yeah, man. In a when, I was on, when I was in Monoprep, we did we did a field trip, and I remember we were going through the tunnel, and everybody screaming. It yeah. was so dark. And then, so I shot a film. My first film was, I shot it with my iPhone. And it was about, you know, the the rail system in Jamaica and the railway. In, we have the oldest, we have the oldest railway system in this hemisphere. In the English speaking, in the Western in, hemisphere, hemisphere, Jamaica yeah. has the oldest rail system. People think the US would have it. But no. we also have the oldest post Engi- office. And the oldest engine. Yeah. We have the oldest post office in the Western hemisphere as well. Jamaica had a post office before the United States. Wow. In, in terms of the British Empire, mm-hmm. we have the oldest post office as well. Wow. So, so we have some claims of fame. We also mm-hmm. have the, we also have the oldest. Our second oldest golf course in the Western Hemisphere Which as well. Which is what? Manchester Golf Club. Oh, out in, in Mandeville. Yeah, yeah. Not, not America. Jamaica, big it up. Big, big, big. We're going to talk about running water, what Falmouth. Running water with Falmouth and electricity in Black River compared <laughs> to a New York City. Scotiabank, go Halifax and come Jamaica and then go Toronto. And we, we have some big things. You know, Port Royal in the 1600s. Alongside Boston, we're two richest cities in the right, Western Hemisphere. Right. We, it's been downhill since then, so as far we, as yeah, I can say. So we have to bring that back. If we bring it back, so in the next five years, I think we as a people are going to now recognize where we're really supposed to be. I say, you know what? It's time we actually go, go back and get it back. Do you think that Jamaicans on a whole need to stop bashing the country and their people on social media and, yeah. in, and, and, and yeah, especially social yeah, media? Right. We, we, we need to understand the power of social media and how far it goes. When, when you say like a Jamaica Twitter, for example, mm-hmm. it's no, you're not staying on Jamaica, you know. Mm-mm. When somebody like it, it shows you're, up. Or somebody like you of influence yeah. that people follow. Like majority of my followers on Twitter are not just Jamaicans. Right. So if I tweet something about, the only thing I really talk about is mosquito and Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's and real. We, we can't get around that. Germs. Yeah, we can't get yeah. around those. But, <laughs> but no, no, we need to be more mindful that whether or not you want to be an ambassador, you are an ambassador mm-hmm. for Jamaica. When you open your mouth, you're Jamaican. Even if you don't want to be an ambassador, people then are looking at you and say, okay, this Jamaican behaved this way or said this about the country. We have a group of people that mainly left in the, in the 70s, possibly the early 80s though, 
who now live abroad, especially in the United States, who, who constantly badmouth Jamaica, but them Gosh. leave and now come back and then they raise their children to, to have believe that mentality. the same mentality Jamaica not safe. And then I get to interact with these young people who are so proud of their heritage. Come down one time with some friends for a spring break. And I said, what? What? Gonna what? Grill. Kid. Gonna eat, get, gonna I dream mean, weekend. I mean, dream weekend. I'm and saying, but like, mommy, well, I never know Sister <laughs> Jamaica nice and I go on. You look at the Grace Kennedy birthright program that is helping to change that as well and get them to realize that, no, no, big business going on here. Mm-hmm. Money I make companies operating in 50 countries. Mm-hmm. Jamaica is safer than you guys realize. Yes, we have issues. We, we can't pretend we're not. We have issues, crime, but you know. Trinidad has issues. Trinidad, the West Virgin have, Islands has issues. Hey, New York have issues. New Miami York. have issues. London is like the knife capital of the world. No, man, let's, let's, <laughs> exactly. So, so we have to realize that we still need to improve ourselves. There's no question. But we need to start bashing and start focusing on solutions. F- and focusing on negative news yeah, as much. the negativity. But even the newspapers need to stop doing that. I know. American newspapers do their best not to put negative stuff on the front. They bury that. But Jamaica? most of the Caribbean islands do that as well. Yeah, only Jamaica does only that. Jamaicans that Somehow we it. want to load up the ugliest things and put it on the front page. Why would you want someone to land in an airport? And so the front of the paper, and that's the negative thing they're yeah, going to see. Yeah, five people shot. Yeah, why you want that? Right. Just, da, da, just da, da. how about changing mindset first by showing people, here's something positive that is happening. And every day, if you showed people something positive every day for six months, you'd be so surprised how these people change mm-hmm. what they talk about, what mm-hmm. they share, and how they think about the future of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But I don't own a newspaper yet, so we will see what's happening. Well, mm-hmm. you will be doing that very hey. soon. Yeah, <laughs> we can buy shares, and then I can become one of those... So it's an activist investor like Bill Ackman or Kyle Eichel and say, hey, we're not in this foolishness to know. What happened? Own your own media. That's what we need to do. No, that's what, exactly what we have to do. And it's so interesting you bring that up. The Voice is the only black-owned newspaper in the UK. Mm-hmm. And Jamaica National just bought it. Mm-hmm. Jamaica National buy a that's Jamaican company. Reading. I grew reading The bla- Voice. Yeah. And they had the, the Weekly Gleaner, which I don't think they print they're anymore. They're not printing anymore. Yeah. But it was good. It's to keep you involved. But. Well, I can't yeah, even man. bash Own it. our own media. Tell our own stories. That's right. That's why I we agree. have this podcast. And that's yeah. why we have, we're have we talking to people like you. I, I Thank you that. so much, David. Uh, it was so cool. Let's let's um have another drink. Yeah, man. Well, mine empty. All right. And on that note, David Mullings. Thank you so much, my brother. Anytime, Odessa. As long as we can have more drinks, we're good. Anytime. Already. Uh, all right. This is, uh, that's it. I'm just pissing off right now. Laters. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Reasonings. Don't forget, you know what to do. You need to subscribe, click. You need to rate, boom. And you need to leave a review. A nice one, not no little dotty one, becoming now I got me, not, me, me I got to delete that one day. All right, so big up to my affiliates who are Ideas Evolution and big up to my Drinky Boo sponsors. That's Ray and Nephew. Yeah, the white rum was nice. The white rum was really nice. David. David left really mellow. Anyway, until the next podcast, my name's Odessa. Linkage laters. Peace. What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Shonda, and I am here from the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. If you're a fan of psychology and mental health, be sure to check out and subscribe to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, a show that covers and talks about buzzing topics in pop culture, mental health in the black community, and faith-based topics. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.